If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Out of Africa, we explore the intersection between real estate and destination travel. Today's guest is Melanie van der Merve, the founder of Nomad Epicure. Melanie is an independent trade relations specialist within the luxury travel industry based in the US. She focuses on representing luxury hotels and safari lodges to travel agents and tour operators that design private and group travel for their clients, mainly in Africa. Melanie, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you, gentlemen. It's so good to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I consider myself a nomadic Epicurean. <laughs> I love building community through uh, food and the env natural environment specifically. And I guess I was a born nomad. It's in my DNA. Um, and that's why I do what I do today. Um, so thanks for having me. I'm really excited about talking, first of all, travel in Africa. So Melanie, where are you from and how did you get started in this business? I am a rich, I'm from a small town called Worcester in South Africa. It's in the wine country. And I got started just conjuring up what I want to do in this world. Like I said, I want to get paid to travel. That's honestly how I got started in this industry. I said, that's what I want to do. And I was on an epic road trip from Timbuktu to Cape Town. And, and it really just struck me that I want to sell Africa in the USA. So that's, um, yeah, just started with a dream. What else that, can I say? That's beautiful. As a matter of fact, when you said Worcester, I thought it was like- Worcester Mass? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we all connected. Back to Khan, Harvard Yard. <laughs> I, not the accent though. <laughs> so are you, are you only focused on Africa or do you, um, and what countries and or regions stand out for you as, um, as places of which your business flourishes? So currently I'm focused on promoting clients and these clients, I mean, hotels and safari lodges that are based in Southern Africa, actually, which includes South Africa, Botswana and Namibia, as well as Zimbabwe. And um, I also work as a consultant to other travel companies or travel related brands. Um, so, and, and they cover different parts of the world and different types of travel or different aspects of the travel business. So I, yeah, but for the most part, I focus on Botswana, Namibia, South Africa, and Zimbabwe. 
And once you came to the United States, is that your first real job in travel? Or did you do other things first and graduate to this? What was the path? So what's so interesting is I told you about this trip I, I was on, and that was literally the year that I was moving to the United States. And I was working in television at the time. And I wanted to work in um, t- television or travel specifically. And um, I thought, well, what was going to be the way for me into this? And especially because the travel industry is so, you know, competitive. I gave myself three months to find a job when I came to New York. Um, at the time, I was living in New York. And um, things weren't happening in the, in the television space. But then I thought, well, why would somebody pay me? Um, what expertise do I have? And it was, you know, connected to travel in Africa. And again, put something out there and it came to me. I was introduced to my first, uh, my first boss in the United States. And um, he was, he was the owner of a boutique to operator that specialized in luxury travel to Africa. And he was looking to hire. And, you know, so that's how I got started in the industry. And that rolled into working in the representation space because I met people who do what I do. And I was much more outgoing than, um, you know, having to sit in front of a computer and design travel and trips for people. So so that's sort of the, you know, the, the short end of how I started in this industry. You know, it's funny um, when we think of travel um, in America as America, you know, we just we go relatively to places that are relatively close to us. And we don't necessarily think of going very far away because we only have two weeks of vacation. So we can't really go much um, in many places. So, but for you, it's a whole different experience, right? You're in Africa, it's a vast continent. Um, You have access to, um, to various different parts of the world. And um, for, for you, it sounds like travel was an early passion and, and you, with your business, you're, you're bringing passions to life for all of your guests and your experiences. Is that, is that been always a part of your, your journey, um, wanting to help others? Um, interesting um, question. I have to think about it. But um, in terms of my journey with travel, I just want to actually acknowledge growing up. I want to acknowledge my parents. This is not a Grammy award, whatever type of award, but I do want to acknowledge my parents. They took us everywhere in the way they could during apartheid in South Africa. As people of color, you know, obviously our movements were very limited and our resources. It's not like I grew up, you know, with a lot of, you know, financial abundance, but my both my parents love to travel. We traveled by road. We traveled all over South Africa, stayed in our caravan, stayed with friends. Um, and that just ignited, I guess, uh, you know, sort of like a natural passion. So my parents were like, obviously, the, the early initiate, initiators of all of that. Um, and through that, I got to see the landscape. I got to see South Africa for, as kind of you know, somewhat privileged um, in that regard, you know, considering the time that we lived in and where I came from. Um, And I really was so passionate about what South Africa had to offer. So I always wanted to, I guess it started with, you know, that foundation um, and wanting to share stories of beautiful places and interesting people, because we always also stayed with people and that whole aspect of community. And I mentioned that earlier, I'm very passionate about building community. That's also how my parents operated. Uh, We always had dinner parties and we always had like, you know, any to do with food and gathering people so 
So that is one aspect of travel and the type of travel that I work um, in as well. It's it's very community oriented. It's very, you know, it's about con connectedness and togetherness. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So break that down for us. What what is the experiences that you provide in your you know in your in your service? The name of your company is is Nomad Epicure. So I'm assuming there's a food component to it. So can just walk us through what it would be like to go on a trip with you. Well, so just to clarify what I do, because not no one really knows what I do. I don't actually plan trip, you know, trips for clients. Um, it is something that I do as as one element um, of my offering to a select, you know, few people of clients and. But mostly what I do is I market these hotels and safari lodges that are my clients to those in the travel trade that design private trips or group trips for their clients. So that's essentially, I'm, the, I'm, I'm basically the, the middle operator. I'm in between. I'm the relationship builder. I make sure that both sides um, of the industry are happy and they are, you know, they connected and work together seamlessly. Well, that's an important part of the business, right? Because ultimately you're helping connect travelers with destinations and it's a sort of a B2B, B2C kind of scenario. And then the destinations are selling you on the experience and why it's and, and how to help you market them better and so forth. So there's a lot of, so there's a, there's a visibility that uh, I think um, an awareness that we as travelers need to have on what the experience will be like on the ground in you know said country so what are some of the things that you um, really enjoy to talk about or what destinations do you feel have the most experience or the most um, capacity for experience from a, from a travel looking to see new things Oh, that's a tough one. Um, of course, I'm biased. And, um, you know, I would say South Africa, because that's where obviously I'm from. Um, what, I mean, South Africa kind of is a representation of so many different types of experiences in a fairly, you know, in a relatively small country or in the small space. I mean, you can fly one hour, two hours here and you are in such diverse areas and not, and also experiences, experiences and communities. Um, and then also it's the gateway to these exceptionally beautiful and um, wildlife rich places like Botswana is probably one of my favorite destinations in Africa. Um, and so is Namibia um, too. And, and in that regard, I'm also biased because my, my main client have properties in both of those areas. And, um, you know, in South Africa, it is, it is essentially a, a, a modern, you know, sort of a first world country within Africa where everybody, if you're looking to, you know, travel to Africa, but you're somewhat reserved, um, you know, because you're not sure what your comfort you know, level will allow. South Africa is always a great entry point because as, you know, Jay, Jamie knows, um, as soon as you get there, you feel a level of, you know, you feel a level of familiarity. I mean, the infrastructure um, and all of that. And everybody speaks English and it makes it so much easier. But there's oh, this layer, really right? Exactly. But and then there's this layer of... Um, 
you know, sort of uniqueness, something that's really exotic and foreign too, because it is a completely foreign culture at the same time. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, we've got great food. I'm first class restaurants at exceptional value and um, these wonderful accommodations that, again, also wonderful value compared to what you would pay for the same in, you know, areas like Europe or the United States and other parts of the world. And then you've got South Africa as the gateway to the Botswanas and the Namibias where you are just immersed in the beauty and the luxury of the wild. And the communities that, um, you know, are stewards of the land and stewards of what we um, do to help protect that land. Um, so, yeah. So um, before we get into that, which will be very interesting, you want to talk about these communities and how they benefit uh, um, from the from the travel and how they ex ex enhance the travel experience for the traveler. But I want to touch base uh, really quick on just the, the logistics of travel used to be that people used an agent. And then Expedia came out and Travelocity came out and TripAdvisor came out and people started booking their own. They started websites for the airlines came on and they were accessible uh, from the, from the, to the consumer, not just the agent. Prices came down and people gravitated a bit, I think, away from the agent model. Then things have, have progressed now to these luxury travels, Abercrombie safaris, things like that, where you actually do need an expert to help you navigate all the intricacies of this type of travel, especially in an exotic part of the world that, as you say, might not in certain places have the infrastructure you're comfortable or used to. Um, how do you balance all those different proponents to help you? Obviously, you're dealing with selling the the value of the properties to the travel agents how how has that business changed or how do you feel you're enhancing the ability of the agents now to reach out to the consumer if there's a question in there somewhere <laughs> so it's interesting you say travel used to be booked through agents and 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 you know a lot of people outside of the space that i operate in who um you know either you know plan their own travel, they think that model is archaic and it's it just and it has been. However, they have evolved. And um, there are a lot of new age, I should say, travel designers. They no longer call themselves even travel agents. They call themselves travel um, consultants or travel designers or whatever that is that just to, to shift the, the perception of, of the industry. Um, it's still very much alive because there are so many people who worked in different industries, say finance, um, legal, whatever, who wanted to work in an environment that is a much more meaningful and it, 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 it adds more layers to their lives. And so you're seeing a lot of the younger generation generation of so-called travel agents now, whatever you call them, you know, stepping into the industry. And my, so I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited to see that that is, that is still vibrant and alive and it's meaningful because it's just like, you know, you go and get your taxes done by a tax consultant, you go and get your haircut, you know, by an experienced hair, uh, uh, you know, dresser. But, um, and it's, it's the same with, with travel. If you are looking for something meaningful, you're going to use somebody who's got, you know, the type of expertise that you're looking um, to use. And, I, what I love about where I sit in the space is I help to nurture those um, travel designers and to help them to sell better and more meaningful, um, um, you know, travel to their clients. Um, one of my new clients is actually 
focus on regenerative travel. And this is a whole new movement to, um, to present travel products. And these are hotels and experiences that is highly focused on sustainability and empowerment on a, on a broader scale, you know, the whole ecosystem of travel. And they're really trying to present all of those partnerships and, 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 and properties and people who are you know, invested in that and, and to put that forward to, to travelers. And you need the travel trade to be your additional distribution you know, channel to get that message across. And there's so many agents who are looking for that type of travel, specifically during this age, specifically post-pandemic age, um, where people you know, were able to pause and think about what is more important in their lives and how do they make an impact and every you know thing that they do, including travel. When you said regenerative travel, I thought you meant me that I was <laughs> going to get younger by traveling. <laughs> I thought that was the advantage. I was yes. all excited. Fountain of Youth Travel. There's, I didn't know it existed in South Africa. Now I know where it is. Jamie just... de Leon was not so stupid. <laughs> he just gave me a new selling point. Hmm, I'm going to have to develop that one. <laughs> so you know, it's funny that you mentioned travel designer. I love that term. All uh, you know, I feel like. If anyone who knows me knows that I hate to plan travel, and usually the travel designer is whomever it is who I'm traveling with. It's rather than travel. Um, but you know, the the what I find to be interesting is that you know, there's this notion of discovery, right? We only know what we know. We like we don't know what we don't. And the whole idea for travel to get out of our comfort zone is to is to learn stuff. But we don't know where to go. We don't know. If I'm going to go to South Africa, well, where in South Africa am I going to go? Like there, there's a whole question, and we need help. And so if a travel designer is that person, if a website is that function, we, we definitely need more information about what's out there. And it sounds like you're on the, you're on the, the front end of that, at least for that region. Well, you know, you might know where you want to, the most important thing is like, you know, where you, what you want to experience, you know, how you want to feel, you know, that you potentially, you don't want to, um, you want you don't want to stay in a hotel that's right in the city, but you want to stay at a place if it's you know somewhere that has an ocean. You want to look out to the ocean. You know that you love hiking in the morning. You know who you are, and you know how you like to travel and the type of things that you like to do when you travel. You know, eat at good restaurants, all of these things, blah blah blah. What these travel professionals help you do is to put you in the right environments because they have. You know, they have scoured all of these different places. They are experts at what they do. And if they are not the experts, they work with experts who they trust, like myself <laughs> and my clients. So we can, you know, it, we, it's a whole ecosystem. We, 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 we support each other. But that's why it's so important to work with a travel professional because they really help you filter through all of the noise and, and help you get to just what is important to you, not just for where you live, but also for where you travel to. So you have a meaningful experience. I also think depending on where you're going as these places become more exotic, more of these exotic places become available and accessible in the modern world, it becomes even more important to have somebody who's had the boots on the ground and knows what's going on and knows areas that are safe, places you can trust, type of food that's that's healthy, uh, communities that, that will benefit and, and roping them in, it, it becomes even more valuable, as you say, the more exotic the place becomes. Yeah, why don't you talk about that a little bit, um, Melanie, about the community aspect of, of travel, you know, both the communities of people that, that travel, like 
you know, travelers, and then the communities in which they're immersed in when they arrive, and the relationship with that, and what that what that means perhaps for the ecosystem, uh, what that means for the education around the ecosystem so that people have changed their perceptions about what Africa is like and have gone back and then are more interested in conservation or whatever that may be. But what, what are some of the transformative moments and experiences that communities have um, you know, in the travel space? Well, it's, it's also, it depends on the destination even within Africa, because so many different destinations um, offer different interactions when it comes to community um, and, well, local interactions, let's put it that way. Um, you know, South Africa, as I said, it feels more like a first world country, something, some way you, you're quite familiar with. Um, so, and I'm also just going to add the aspect of, of something exotic, like, because Jamie had kind of brought that up, you know, when you, when you travel to South Africa, you, you know, you, if you've never been to Africa, you, as a first time traveler, you, you think you're going to encounter truly cultural experiences when it comes to dress and attire and cultural expression. However, you don't necessarily find that in the key places that you you visit. I mean, most people look like you, they dress like you, they sound like you, um, and but still, they do come from a completely different reality. Um, now I'm going to talk about the traveler, the community that you mentioned. You know, that travels from wherever they come to, you know, to that place. Also, depends on the destination. Some destinations are much more accessible and um, others are not as accessible by some travelers. Those who are not as accessible, they are, you know, for the most are like the places like Botswana or even Namibia, um, where it's very beneficial for the country because you are maintaining a lower footprint at a higher entry price or cost of entry. So your trips are generally priced higher and um, because of how you get there, you are not necessarily driving, you're, you know, you're flying everywhere in small charter planes and you are at smaller groups of people traveling to places that only accommodate, you know, up to say 10 to 24 people at a time. So it's, it's, it's and, 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 and then how that impacts not just the environment, but also the community is that you also, you know, employment, as we know, is, is I mean, sorry, tourism, as we know, is, is one of the key uh, employment drivers in most of these countries. So that, number one, that's why this is so important for us to see more people or less people paying higher price to travel in those regions. Um, A, to employ um, our local communities and to empower and partner with them, like because you are a partner, because you are contributing towards the livelihoods of the, these communities. And that way we also impact their, the community's lives in becoming more re, um, environmental stewards rather than resource users. And especially in those fragile communities, when I and when I say fragile, I'm talking about the ecosystem. I'm talking about the these you know areas of biodiversity that needs to be maintained, including cultural biodiversity, if I can put it even that way. Because a lot of the cultures, like I said, in South Africa, you hardly have an intact indigenous culture that is truly indigenous that's that is that still lives the same way as they as you know they have for for ages you still find that somewhat in Botswana you still find that in Namibia with the Himba and the Bushmen specifically and actually two communities or cultures of people that 
one of my clients work with, and which is one of the reasons I work with them, is because they are not just passionate about preserving and conserving wildlife areas and wildlife, but also the people uh, who live in the and you know, live in and around those areas, as well as those whose cultures are still intimate, you know, sort of interconnected to the impact of travel or the impact. So besides uh, bringing um, economic benefit to the communities and to these small out of the way villages and places and helping grow those villages, helping uh, provide for the people there, you're also mentioning that there's a wildlife conservation aspect here as well. Do you feel that as more people see these beautiful creatures in their normal habitat in the wild, as opposed to in a zoo, they have more appreciation for their place in the world and want to do more to in their own way, wherever they are, whether it's financially or volunteering to help the conservation of these animals. Absolutely. You know, you are, when you go on safari, it's, it's a life changer. You are a guest in the wild. You no longer, you'll become so humble in that experience because First of all, you are truly in the wild. It's not a tamed experience. And when you see and feel, first of all, I mean, it's hard to describe a feeling sometimes. Um, when you feel that way in this, in this, in this space, you are so connected. And there's this empathy that grows uh, for where you are and for what you're seeing and for what you are part of that really helps to shift people's uh, ways of thinking and hopefully their, their, you know, their behavior patterns, um, not just while they're traveling, but hopefully when they go back home as well. And it happens for the most part. I mean, I, sorry, to, sorry, I just want to just continue on a little bit further because what happens is most likely those people will come back and they do most of the time. I know so many travelers, I deal with so many travelers as well as their, their agents who keep booking these clients to these, you know, wildlife spaces because it's just, it's just wonderful. And there's so many people want to make a difference and, 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 and help um, to uh, foster impact, positive impact. So, I mean, you make that point about res uh, resources and positive impact, you know, and everywhere in the world, there is this abundance of some resource and a depletion um, of others. And, you know, Southern Africa is no different. The fact that there are, there are an abundance of, um, if wild, uh, of, of, um, of, of natural resources, of diamonds in Botswana, I'm sure. Uh, and then there's sort of this depletion of resources, like actually species are depleting and then even, even natural resources like water um, in South Africa. And so how do we strike this balance between passive tourism and proactive conservation, right? So, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to engage traveling, travel the travel community to actually be a bit more conscientious about what they, what they do and how they interact with the environment. Well, it, it's it's all information, right? It's all about being educated, and that's again why I think it's so important to have a a, a travel professional help you who is also very well educated, um, and that's that's definitely shifting um, for the better. Um, I, I, that's very important, and a lot more. I think just you know what's happened again. What's happened in the world is really changing people and and wanting them and and people want to make a difference and they want to make an impact, a positive impact. So that's that's really shifting. Um, but the thing is you are by way of just 
investing money in tourism, especially to places like that, you're making a difference. Even if it's even if it's passive or or not, like you are or aggressive. A difference. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where so um, uh, tell us a secret. Where, where is Wakanda? <laughs> <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> I just, I just, I, is that the capital of right Botswana? You know, so it's like the, one of our birth, you know, secrets. We can we'll yeah, right, never exactly. let that go. <laughs> so you know, um, obviously the the big the big eight hundred pound gorilla um, in the room is is COVID, and you know we've um, we're coming off of this uh, year year and a half of a um, a global community of travel deprived citizens, uh, and so. Uh, the, um, a gentleman that I interviewed a couple couple days ago uh, used the term "revenge travel" as a motivator um, that of the, you know the thing that people have that they want that's going to get them to travel and motivate them to go places. And it's this notion that I and I was asking, what what's who's the enemy in this case? <laughs> and a lot of a lot of times people say COVID could be their job, it could be their boss, it could be their spouse, whatever it is, they want to get back at that person by getting the F out, right? And so this this aggressive um, need to travel perhaps gets people to go to places um, that they never once thought were possible or the places unfamiliar, path, you know, path less traveled, all that stuff. And it sounds like Africa could be that place. So it almost feels like Africa is, Africa is, the, is like, it's the time to, 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 no, yes. Don't diminish Africa too. <laughs> <laughs> to all of that, oh, <laughs> I mean, um, I'm actually trying to prop it up. Well, I'm saying it's an no, awesome place. It's to go. always been. I think every person that I know, specifically over here, who's never even been to Africa, um, have been dying to go. Um, they right. still they, during this age of revenge travel. They might not still be ready, but you know what? What is beneficial at this time for Africa is that it's a naturally social distancing environment, specifically. Um, you know, safari, you are in a, you are in a place where there are only a few people. The footprint is really light. Uh, you hardly, I mean, you are with the same people essentially, you know, for days. Uh, it, it's, it's like, uh, it's, you're outdoors. You're sleeping essentially outdoors, especially if you're staying in places like Botswana, where it's, you know, it's glamping, it's luxury tented, you know, properties. Uh, the, you know, the flaps are always open. There's like a breeze coming. I mean, you can, you're essentially outside all the time. You, you're in a vehicle that is not enclosed, it's you're in an open air vehicle, you are in nature. I mean, and plus a lot of these communities are completely isolated. Um, so so it's it's just, I mean, it's a given. Plus most of African countries are open <laughs> too. So well, uh, given that the, the mosquitoes are the, given that the mosquitoes are the size of small cats, have they been vaccinated? Have the wildebeest been vaccinated? <laughs> is it safe to Wait. be among the wild? Um, well, you know, rainy season is definitely the slower season anyway. So, um, but no, I mean, not, it's, it's, it's there's, there's like a herd immunity there. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> well, so I, I think, I, they, I I think they're fun. I think well, they're fun. I can, tell, I, can, I can tell you spend a lot of time in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. <laughs> There you go. Uh, so, by the way, I love. I just, I love this. Where do you think it's um, the future is going with this? I mean, where, where do we see? Okay, now that we, now that we're on the 
the back end, if you will, of, of this pandemic. And we're moving into a place where travel is opening up everywhere. Um, and, you know, once again, and the world in a lot of ways has become a lot smaller, right? In some, in some aspects and in Africa um, just doesn't feel that far away anymore for a lot of reasons. Uh, where do we see travel going? Uh, where do we see destination travel and e exotic destination travel going uh, into the future? That term exotic travel. <laughs> yeah, let me sleep back down. This is fun, just fun travel. I, I love, by the way, I love that the quote that I'm going to use from now on is, um, you know how you want to feel. Ooh. That's that. You, you said it. You're welcome. I, that, may, that may go on my dating profile, but that's me. I'm still, um, I'm still advanced one. with revenge travel, but I. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, oh, I'm feeling taken aback by all of it too. I'm like pinned to the wall with that one. Um, so the future of travel, um, and I and I feel like I always kind of like have a my, my finger on the pulse with that one, um, if I have to like give myself all that sunshine, um, is that people are definitely, there's so many different types of travel, first of all. So I, I cannot speak for every single segment of and type of traveler. But I think for the most part, um, that travel is going to become much more um, conscious and people are going to be much more aware of where they want to go and why they want to go. And that could be for any reason, but I think that's the most important thing that people are not just going to want to tick off. Oh, I've been here because this is, you know, where you should have gone already, or you, that's what you should have done already. No, people are going to, be focusing on travel that's much more meaningful for them people are going to be more independent in their thinking about where they want to go as opposed to just following you know the the the, the general bucket list of places to go which isn't that meaningful anyway so um yes it's meaningful to go on safari yeah take that off however but what, what type of safari again do you want to be an investor in you know, is again, a, and, and, and that's where a lot of, that's where you need a travel a professional because a, a safari in South Africa is very different to safari in Botswana because of, you know, who, who, who are the owners, who are the stakeholders, who are the, you know, how that all operates. So, and I really just, again, want to advocate for the travel professionals in that regard, because they are um, really good at what they do in that and in, in, in educating the travelers. And so, yeah, I just think it's kind of, it's going to be about meaning the whys, uh, the hows and, and what am I doing, you know? So can you plug some of your, uh, your clients? I mean, I think, I think a lot of our listeners will, will probably want to know who do they call uh, today uh, in order to get and book, uh, book some travel. You know, I know that, there are some that are more famous than others, but are there a few that you would say uh, you'd recommend? Well, when it comes to the travel advisors, I have I have to remain independent because I work with you know everybody. So all I just want to say in that regard is that whoever you find uh, alignment with, they are you know go with that. Um, we work with wonderful partners in the industry. When I say we, I'm talking about one of my main clients is Natural Selection. Um, that's Natural Selection Travel. It's a safari and ecotourism company. 
that, and we have a collection of um, safari lodges and mobile uh, camps experiences that is that are in remote parts of Botswana and Namibia and also South Africa. And our lodges are su super unique and quirky and soulful, still very much run by our, the owners where we also involved um, in a, in a, in a you know, sort of in a strong way. Um, and what I love about the, my, that client specifically that I work with is where this all comes from. They put uh, putting, you know, sort of they put conservation and and working and, and empowering communities ahead of profit. Uh, we were essentially going to be initially going to be a non-profit, but a for-profit model was going to work better for the objectives that they wanted to to meet. Um, so I I so appreciate what um, like big money, we do. Basically. What? Like big money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you know, Melanie, yeah. I lo I love that uh, that term you said, conscious uh, travel, which is uh, so interesting. And and as Alex says, the world is becoming a smaller place. I think when you can have the kind of travel where you can not only be immersed in an, a wildlife ecosystem that is is completely different than anything you've ever experienced, but you can also meet people in these small towns, help develop these small towns, to bring your culture to them, take culture from them in terms of exchanging information and, and the humanity of it. I think that is what is going to make the world a smaller place. No, absolutely. And I just want to add to what you're saying. I really want to advocate for not you giving anything back to anybody you might in a certain way is about what can you learn from where you're going? Because that is my biggest challenge with when people think about traveling to Africa is that they can, they're going to be educating the Africans in terms of how to do things. And I'm not saying that that is not the case, but I also want people to be much more open-minded when they are traveling to a place to be open to receiving and discovering new information and experiences that they would not know that they need it to to have you know like something that alex pointed out earlier you only know what you know but you don't know what you don't know and so be open to that um so be, be a conscious with that no <laughs> no that was a joke <laughs> <laughs> oh my coffee's wearing in my sense of humor is leaving me um, <laughs> that, that, that's that, that's a great point and uh, we all we all can learn from each other um, and that's what makes us closer. That's what brings us closer, I think. And that's what we love about travel, right? I mean, if we weren't, if we didn't travel, we wouldn't learn as much as we do. Our minds wouldn't be expanded as they as they are. And so, so let travel teach you. Let the places where you go, let that teach you, and be open minded um, while you're still focused on on the reasons for you going. You know, to a specific place. So I'm going to, with that said, I want to thank you for your time. And, and I think the, that closing line of let travel teach you uh, is great because, you know, wherever you are is where you're at. And um, I think we can all appreciate uh, a great experience that travel brings us. So thank you, Melanie. Um, really appreciate your time, your energy, enthusiasm, and your knowledge on such a wonderful topic that everyone will, I'm sure, enjoy. Thank you very much, Melanie. You are welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.